Awesome. Good. So, um, Father Teg dropped a few questions out there, and that was kind of on question one, right? Yeah. Yep. So the question I have for you, did you start recording already? Yeah. Oh, are we not going to do an intro? No. Oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll edit. Well, this will be a lot of editing. You didn't tell me, all right? I'm a type A personality. I need to yeah. know this beforehand. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. This is Father Tay. Come on, bro. We're yeah. professional. We are not. Anyways. Now we're live. All right. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. This is Father Tay. Today we um, are starting our retreat for the next two, three months um, to do six different talks about um, women and what they may be facing towards marriage, towards single life, towards religious life, um, how to go about that, what is it to be a good holy Catholic woman, what it is to be a woman uh, called to marriage, what is it to uh, religious life, what is it to be in the single, um, singlehood stage, um, and then also the feminine genius and what it is to be um, an all-around um, holy Catholic woman. So for that conversation, um, we have Emily Bruns and Emily Lofi with us, um, and they'll be helping us see that perspective um, from their perspective, and then we'll be adding in um, our thoughts as priests um, towards those different conversations that we'll be having over the next uh, three weeks. So without further ado, I'll introduce um, Emily Bruns into the conversation. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me, fathers. Um, this is actually my first time being on a podcast, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, I'm originally from Kentucky, and now I live in Winona, Minnesota. I serve at Winona State University uh, as a focused missionary. Um, this is my sixth year in Minnesota, so I've traded the warmness of the South um, for the cold North, but it has won a place in my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love um, going for walks and drinking good cups of coffee um, and spending time with people. Um, I'm also engaged to my fiance, Brandon, and we will be getting married in October. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be a new wife. Yeah. <laughs> First time. Rocket. Uh, Sorry. What? You want to introduce? Sure. And our next guest is Emily Lofi. Let me enjoy my coffee. Jeez, man. Yourself to us, Emily. Sorry. Yes. Hello. I am Emily Lofi, and this is my second time being on a podcast. Um, and actually, my second time being on this podcast. So my first and only podcast appearance. First, right. Been. There is only one podcast so. worth it. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's yeah. good to be back on. And um, I am originally from Colorado, but my husband and I got called back to live in Winona. Um, we previously lived in Winona as focused missionaries um, maybe like 10 years ago now, a long time ago. But anyway, we have been living back in Winona for the past yeah. three years, and I... Mm-hmm. have um, been happily married to Aaron for almost eight years. It'll be eight years in October. Nice. A great month to have a wedding anniversary. And we have four kiddos, um, ages seven down to six months. And um, what else? Well, I guess 
for the sake of kind of credibility for the topic, I also um, do some like freelance writing and editing for a blog, the Catholic Match Institute blog. And so I like to think that I'm a little bit of a relationship expert because of that, but maybe not. I just read a lot of articles on dating and stuff, so... Um, I yeah, don't read those articles, so <laughs> you're more of an expert than I am, I guess. Correct. <laughs> right. Great, great. We'll go with it. Then, we'll right? go with it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us, joining us on this podcast. So um, I know that you've, you've uh, especially from the point of view of a soon-to-be bride, um, we have some questions for you, especially as you work with college students, Emily Bruns. Um, so one of the first questions was like, you know, in regards to what does it mean to be a holy Catholic woman in today's day and age? Could you give us some snippets or what your thoughts were? Yeah, uh, I think our culture makes it very hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found, yeah, like it's all about community. Um, if you have sisters to be able to walk with you, it's a lot easier. When I was in college, um, I found that to be true and then getting to a company women so closely um yeah when we have a well-established bible study that's full of friends um they're able to go so much deeper together and that able to um, just be vulnerable and real with each other um what they're going on what's going on in their life um and then be able to yeah see where the word is in the midst of that nice so community um what um, what would be the advice of trying to, for young women to try to find community or, I guess, how much would you stress the importance of that and, uh, um, in that, in that journey of faith? Yeah. I mean, I think a good starting point is to look around you at mass and see if there's anyone that looks to be your age, um, and then go try to talk to them after mass and see if you can get coffee or do something with them and- Mm-hmm. that you don't know where to look to find someone at least you know they're coming to sunday mass um mm-hmm. and yeah just being able to share with them that you're looking for a friend um and hopefully yeah be able to to share some life together um what are some possible um yeah pressures or hindrances that you run across um in working with in working with college um, women to, to coming to those groups or different things that are, uh, yeah, that are in the culture, in the general vibe that are blocks to that, I guess. Uh, I think as women, it's very easy to compare ourselves to one another. Um, so yeah, whether that's from a place of jealousy of what someone else has or, yeah, just seeing the gifts that they have and not recognizing what you have or where you're at and just wanting to be someone else. So I think that can be a block um, to community for getting outside of yourself because you could be afraid um, to share yourself with someone else um, or just even being vulnerable, um, feeling like, yeah, you're alone in what you're going through or where you're at in your life and not realizing that there might be someone else um, out there that's going through the same thing you are, but that that requires you to share vulnerably first in order to be able to find that out. Awesome. Did awesome Yeah, so let's compare and contrast with being married. So so I mean Lofi, do you do you find that uh, as 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 you progress in your marriage does does the vulnerability get easier or is there more pressure added as as the years goes by for you? That's a great question. Uh I think that 
there are different levels of vulnerability that need to be reached when you're in a married state as a woman. Um, obviously, there's that level of vulnerability to your husband, um, you know, that husband and wife bond. Like, it's not, and Emily and Bruns will find this out in a, a month or so, it's not instantaneous. You don't get married, and then all of a sudden, like, everything just becomes, like, harmonious and um, in sync with everything. And, you know, like, it, it takes time um, as a married couple to just grow in that vulnerability, and especially from a woman's standpoint, you know, women, we we have that need to be pursued yeah. and that also does not stop once you get married. Um, and that's something I think that my husband Aaron sometimes has to be reminded of, like, you j- just got to keep like pursuing my heart um, in order to just mm-hmm. peel back those layers and, and know um, how to get to that level of vul- vulnerability, I guess, in marriage. Um, so that's really important. And then I think there's, you know, like with each aspect of the married vocation, there's there's different needs for women to feel connected. And so, um, you know, like marriage isn't just about like being with your husband and then that's it. Like marriage is meant to be a reflection of God's love to the community and to the church. And so um, it's really important for a married woman to have friendships and community outside of just her home um because without that then you know like I myself am not getting fed in the way that I need to so that I can then give to my husband and my children mm-hmm. and so yeah it's 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 tricky as a married woman because you you want to make sure that you're balancing your time and obviously giving priority to your vocation but mm-hmm. I would say it's very important to find kind of that core group of friends that you can really feel like they can challenge you and strengthen you in your walk, I guess, not mm-hmm. only in your walk as a wife, but just in your walk as a Christian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm not perfect at this, but I would say that one thing that has been good in the past three years is that we're finally in a place where we're very stable. Like we are living in Winona, um, for much of the foreseeable future. And that definitely was not the case in our first early years of marriage. And so the Lord has been able to give me, or the Lord has given me these friendships over the past three years that I can really invest in and and grow with in other women. Um, And all, all of them are other married women mostly. Um, And I think that there's a lot of value in that too, of just finding people that are in your same state that you can really journey with. So Um, And then on top of that, the the third level of vulnerability would be um, women that have the blessing and grace of being a mother within their vocation, too. Um, That kind of opens up a whole nother level where you you need kind of that vulnerability and that community and support from other mothers, too. And to kind of find mothers to look towards who maybe are, you know, five or ten years ahead of you. Um, And then also mothers to to kind of help guide along the path of you know motherhood who are just kind of starting out so yeah there's there's a lot of facets to it but um something that you know you spoke to there um brilliantly and this will be a kind of a question i guess for both of you um you know that that whole entire ongoing discernment conversation that we have with our inside i think it's an insights conversation of like 
the difference between being selfish and having self-care, mm. right? And I think, um, I know I feel it. I think Father Tate does too. As priests, we feel it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, can I take care of myself and take care of others? And what's the um, what's the balance about yeah. that? Because I think that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that might be some of some of a lie that kind of gets into our lives. Um, that you know, self care is being selfish versus you know those two things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, whoever you know wants to go go first on that, um, on the difference or how you kind of fight that fight of like what is what's the what's the distinction in your life and how have you kind of progressed in over mo- moving towards overcoming that type of place. Um, I'll jump in first, I guess. Um, so I actually, it's interesting because earlier this week I was in a parenting class and in the community and they had us, it was the first, like, first day of the class, I guess, first week of the class. So they had us all go around and introduce ourselves and um, we filled out questions and one of the questions was, over the summer, what was one thing that you did for yourself? Mm-hmm. And I had the hardest time coming up with an answer to that question. And come to find out, I was not the only one. Um, of, and it was all mothers in the, in the room with this class. And so I think particularly for women who are married, but I would say all women probably mm-hmm. struggle with making time for that self-care doing things for ourselves and not feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it really stems from probably a couple of things, but at the core, like women are very nurturing. Um, we are created to nurture mm-hmm. and care for others. And so that gets spent in all sorts of directions, whether you're single or married, whether you have kids or not. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of different ways that we seek out to fulfill that nurturing inclination. Um, but because of that, it's very, very hard to, put that primacy in caring for yourself. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's a struggle. I'm definitely not good at it, obviously, since I couldn't think of something that I did for myself over the summer. But I think it's very, very important. And I know a lot of women who are actually very good at, I think it's that mindset that if you're not feeding yourself, if you're not filling your own bucket, then you're not going to have anything to pour out for others. And so I think it's, it's that mindset shift that we as women need to give ourselves. And oftentimes it'll help if the community that you're in supports that. So um, as a married woman, like if your husband supports you, like going out and doing something for yourself once or twice a week mm-hmm. without kids or without your spouse or whatever else, then that is really going to help immensely. So, and then I'll let Emily speak into kind of from a single woman standpoint with that. Yeah, I mean, I know as a single woman, I probably have the most free time that I ever will (laughs) Um, as, yeah, I enter my vocation and hopefully have kids one day. Um, I think, yeah, in college, it was easy to be selfish um, because I had so much free time so to just do whatever I want and maybe the pendulum of self-care like doing too much for myself and just yeah whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I wasn't at home anymore with my mom and my dad who had like jobs that they needed me to take care of around the house um, or yeah there was no one else really 
relying on me. Um, I think as I've transitioned into being a missionary and a team director, I see the importance probably through the lens more of motherhood of, yeah, there's always someone that needs something from me. And because I am an achiever and I like to be doing things and I yeah, get a lot um, from giving up myself to other people that sometimes I can overdo that. Um, and yeah, I know at the end of a week, if I had a great week and I feel at peace, um, it's probably because, yeah, there was things that I did that took care of myself, whether that was focusing on what I was eating or, yeah, taking a little time in the afternoon before I went back out to do my afternoon activities just to read or just to be at home or something that I know is restful for me. Um, I was able to give so much more of myself to other people because I was coming from a place of recollection or, like, yeah, even being able to have extra time for prayer. Um, my cup was so much more full to give other people rather than being dry. And like, it comes in seasons, you know, like there's times when, yeah, there's a lot more on my plate uh, right now with getting ready to get married. Um, there's just a lot going on. And so it's harder for me to prioritize myself. And I find myself not doing well a lot and just wanting to cry sometimes because there just seems to be so much. But I think if I would prioritize like, even if it's just 10 minutes, taking a little walk or doing something that I know is just for me, for my, yeah, like well-being, um, taking care of my mind, body, and my soul in the midst of what the Lord has mm-hmm. called me to do, um, yeah, that I would be able to give so much more of myself. That's beautiful. <clears throat> I hope you guys don't mind, but there's often the, the misconception, right? How do we, how, how do, uh, how do you, how you ladies as, as women uh, fulfill that nurturing side of you, right? For example, like, you know, for you, Emily, when you're married, it's kind of easy to see, right? You give love and your children respond, right? So what, um, so what's, a, what's the misconceptions of how do I become a good nurturing mother when I'm single versus when, I, when I'm actually in the married state of life? You need that repeated. We can do that. Too. Yeah, we can repeat it too. So I know there's often a misconception of like, how does one become uh, a mother, like a spiritual mother or even a physical mother? But there, there's there's this misconception of, of nurturing mother. How am I am I doing too much or am I doing too little? And how does one live that out if you're single versus when you're being married? Yeah, I would say over the last few years, like as I was discerning my vocation there was a deep longing in my heart to get married and be a physical mother, but I knew that wasn't where the Lord was calling me. Mm. Um, He was calling me to be a spiritual mother and the the gift of getting to be a missionary. Mm. Um, And I first had to receive that um, and be patient as I was waiting for, yeah, like Brandon to come into my life for me to meet him and yeah, for us to start dating and discern that the Lord was inviting us into marriage. Um, But I knew that I didn't want to waste the season of singlehood. I wanted to be able to, um, yeah, like practice and prepare for my vocation. Um, but yeah, that there was a gift that the Lord wanted me to give in that season of my life. Um, and so as a missionary, I get to walk with so many women and we often have conversations with them because they're college women. A lot of them that I'm walking with in discipleship are learning how to share their faith with others and walking, mm-hmm. accompanying other women. And so we use that phrase a lot. Like what does it mean to be a spiritual mother right now in your life? If we're all called to like be nurturing and giving um, no matter yeah, what our vocation is. Um, and so to just be able to care for those women in my life well, 
Um, in the same way that, yeah, a mom would look out for what her children's needs are um, and be able to love them and yeah, provide for them, mm-hmm. I really have an opportunity to be able to love them in a spiritual sense of, like, the way that I'm praying for them or, um, yeah, just the conversations that we have are getting to accompany them in Bible studies or different things. So really seeing this, yeah, my season of singlehood as not a waste of just, like, oh, I want to hurry up and rush past this so that I can, like, be a physical mom. Mm -hmm. But, like, there was things that I learned in that season of caring for other students or my teammates as a team director that I know I'll, yeah, put into practice as a typical mother later on down the road. I think one of the, when you said that, you know, taking care of the the gals that you're walking with currently, like, Mm. uh, what is it, the focus model, they call it infant infant care or something for like 30 days or something like that. You're like instant, you're like on top of people trying to, you know, walk with them and like, I forget what model it was of it, but it was like called, I forget what the actual term was, but it was like um, trying to walk with somebody like for the first 30 days mm. and just try to be with them and conversate with them and and, and uh, really apply yourself and giving yourself to them um, in receiving the gospel message and the goodness of the Lord. So, um, yeah, that just made me think about it when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way of, of doing it. So, mm-hmm. Those are beautiful points about, especially like <clears throat> being patient, right? So how does one address? Because let's be like we we have to be real, right? Time is the one thing that always gets away from us. And then to tell young women who are listening, right? If if they're engaged, if they're ready to become married, if, if they've been married for some years, how do we tell people that? Um, you know, <clears throat> how do we, t- you know, how do we tell uh, people that it's worth the wait? You know that the lessons. In, in time are, are, are worth it, right? Because we're living in a society that says, go, 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 go. So do you think, like, having a faith life, I know this is, of course, an understatement, but can you speak more into it? Like, how your relationship with Jesus has helped you really to slow down and then to address, like, these hard questions that we have to ask ourselves? Yeah, I know for me, my first year as a missionary, yeah. so your first year as a missionary was focused, you have to go on a dating fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I wasn't dating anyone, I wasn't allowed to have romantic feelings towards someone or yeah, pursue any sort of relationship. Um, and that was hard, but it was a beautiful gift that I was given because mm-hmm. yeah, I pr- was, I was able to prioritize my relationship with the Lord and really learn to rely on the father in new ways. Um, it allowed me to. I just received some healing in my life that I needed and to be able to focus on the present moment instead of, yeah, every time I met a guy, like, oh, no, is this going to be the one? Like, how do I look today? Um, and really, yeah, just be able to um, to grow the way that the Lord was inviting me to in that season. Uh, and it's actually funny because during my dating class is when I met my fiancé, um, but then we parted ways for a while and we weren't in each other's lives. Um but even then, like, I don't think we would have been ready um, to enter in and date well. Um, and so now I'm so grateful that I, yeah, I had that intentional season my first year as a missionary of being on a dating fast. But then all of the, the things that came those years after that. If I can jump in, it's kind of like what Emily was saying back, uh, Emily Wolfie was saying back when we did the marriage conversation was like to fall in love with Jesus and entrust yourself to Jesus and like 
he really takes care of the rest, and I think that's what you know, you know, Emily, that you were talking about was entrusting yourself to Jesus during that time of being single was really uh, a great time to get to know the Lord, and then allow the Lord to bring the man into your life, and neither time was is wasted um, because you're drawing closer to the Lord in both um, both realities. So, yeah. If I can add to that, sure. um, I forgot that I talked about that in that podcast a year ago, but that, it, that is what I was going to say again, so I don't <laughs> but, um, but just to add to it, um, you know, our ultimate vocation is to be united with Jesus. And, you know, when we die, no matter what our vocation was here on earth, like we will be God willing, if we make it to heaven, we will be united with our Lord um, through all eternity. And so every stage of our life every phase should be oriented towards that eternal goal right so um in the single years it's so vital to use that time that you have to just be filled up with christ but Mm. even in your married years um you know there's there's this common misconception that like once you're married you're never going to be lonely again and you're just going to have all the fulfillment you need in life. And sorry to break it to everybody who thinks that, but that's not true. Not um, true. Yeah, same with probably. Heard it here first. Not true. <laughs> Dang it. Um, yeah, you will still be lonely um, mm-hmm. as a wife. And it's because there's a longing in every person's heart that can only be filled by being in heaven and, and that eternal rest that we are given um with our lord in heaven and so you know even with like the most wonderful spouse that you could ever have um you still are going to not be fulfilled by him alone and so that's why it's so important in your single years to build that foundation of prayer um and relationship with the lord so that when you're married you can not only express that love of the Lord to your spouse and experience, you know, his love through your spouse, but that you can just be fulfilled in, in whatever happens and whatever storms you ride through. Like it's, it's okay because the Lord is with you and, and that's what matters most. So yeah. pursuit of the Lord in the sacrament of marriage. Amen. That's the fun part of becoming a priest. Um, agree, uh, is to see that happen. Oh, oh. no, no, no. Like, to see that happen. No. Yeah, it's because like sometimes you know we, we, we're in a seminary, you know, we learn all these th- theoretical things, but then it's very humbling to see you know like two people who actually built their relationship and their marriage off of Christ first. It's I can tell you like it's it's awesome. I look at them like this is why I became a priest, right? Because you're right. We're all gearing ourselves toward reaching Jesus Christ. That's the first and foremost. I just had a funeral this morning. Yeah. The man was married 60, 60 plus years, 61 years. Wow. And uh, the second reading was from Romans, and it's no one lives for oneself and yeah. no one dies That's for oneself. oneself. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. Not that that happens a lot in funerals. I don't memorize things. Um, anyways, um, in, in, in you know, preaching to the family, in, in walking with the family and praying with the family, it was like very much like that was this man's life um, for 60 years. That was his life was like, how do I, uh, how do I um, bring that about? 
in dying for oneself, right? Or dying for the Lord in the sacrament of marriage, dying mm-hmm. for the Lord in the sacrament of priesthood, dying for the Lord in religious um, in religious um, right. vows and promises, um, or even dying for the Lord. We'll talk about it. We'll have another conversation about singlehood and what singlehood <laughs> looks like and if it's a vocation or not or whatever. Well, we'll have that conversation. But mm-hmm. not today. That'll be later in our... Um, focus on marriage. So, um, how to be, so kind of answering on this one, how to answer, or how to be a holy Catholic woman in today's day and age. There are some thoughts and things that we have. Um, we can sign off now, I guess, if we're going to do this as a podcast. Yes. Okay. Oh, that was a yep. request, not a, okay. That was a statement. That wasn't, Okay. Yep. Go for it. Uh, That's one of those days. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our our Practical Rambling Podcast. We hope this was thoroughly enjoyable as (laughs) well as educational. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for being on here, too, as well. Anything else I'm missing? Peace out. I want to say bye. 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 Stay holy, my friends.